G'day CryptoGoers, today we are lucky to have with us the lead developer of what is set to be the future of the internet. Skycoin has been in development since the early days of Bitcoin itself. More than just a crypto, the Skycoin development project is massive, robust, and includes an ecosystem of Skynet, Skywire, Skyminers, Skyhours, Skynodes, Skywallets, SkyMessenger, Obelisk, Fiber, CX, CXO, CXFX, and Kitty Cash, just as an overview. <laughs> Skycoin has the potential to be the biggest crypto second only to our much-loved Bitcoin, and as it tackles countless problems such as the last mile in internet connection, convergence of communication industries, a truly decentralized internet enabling communication during disaster relief, replacing proof-of-work and proof-of-stake mining concepts, improved programming languages, eliminating the clogging of blockchains and providing quality, competitively priced hardware support to all of it. Synth, I am absolutely honored to speak with you. Thank you for joining me and welcome to the Adam Stokes YouTube channel. Thank you. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like I'm running the IBM of blockchain some days. <laughs> <laughs> well, Synth, let's get straight into it. Everyone wants to know, are you Satoshi? <laughs> uh that's a it's it's complicated uh i i was involved with the early days like the early early days and uh, i i don't think satoshi was a, a person i think it was a group and i think the person that we call satoshi satoshi is dead uh it's not craig wright definitely not him and um but there was a it was a group it was a community and a, it wasn't like one one developer that like wrote all of bitcoin or developed all of bitcoin and it was uh uh, I, I think I know who the person was, that particular person, and, and I'm pretty sure they're dead. Um, so I, I don't think it'd be fair to call me Satoshi. But uh, so, what happened to the, those million bitcoins that were set aside for Satoshi? Are they gone, or are they distributed? Do you think? Uh, okay, so I, I, I had some fun stories about this. I, I was fixing bugs in the early days, and uh, people don't even know who I am because I kept changing my screen name like every year. Like this year, I'm this person, and next year, I changed my screen name, and I just got, I just got sick of it, you know? So I delete all my accounts, create a new account. And so some people would know me under three different names and think I was three different people and things like that, and I would screw with them sometimes. And, uh, and basic, but basically, I, I was doing bug fixes, and someone would send me like 15,000 Bitcoin, 8,000 Bitcoin for fixing a bug because the Bitcoin wouldn't run under Arch Linux or something like that. And then I, I had the Bitcoin on, a, on a, a hard disk in my parents' attic. I moved out of my parents' house for one month, and my sister moved in because she didn't want to pay rent anymore. And then she threw all my stuff out, including all my books, all my computers. And I, I think I had a hard disk with like 60,000 Bitcoin. And then uh, they threw it out. I was sort of mad. And then five years later, Bitcoin was at $1,000. But when they threw out the Bitcoin, it was only worth like a few hundred dollars. It was worth nothing. So uh, my experience is the early people, all, everyone had a lot of Bitcoin, like 100,000, 200,000. But no one actually backed up the Bitcoin, kept copies of it, all that Bitcoin is lost. I think the two thirds to half of the Bitcoin market cap is never going to move. I don't even think Satoshi or, you know, whoever had those coins, I, I really doubt that they still have the private keys for those. It was so long, 10 years ago, it was just uh, so long ago. Did you say your sister threw out 60,000 Bitcoins? Or was at least, at least. Are you still talking to your sister? <laughs> 
uh, you know, it was, it was like, uh, you know, it was a penny. It was, it was like $600 worth at that time. Yeah. You're not you alone know? in that. I've, I've heard the similar stories time and again, since I'm fascinated to know is Skycoin an Ethereum or Cardano killer? The reason we created, um, the reason we created Skycoin was basically a, a to, to, you know, fix the problems of Bitcoin. And then by the time we, we did that, then these other coins like Ethereum started coming out and we started to realize that blockchain was more than just about money. It was not only just about creating tokens, it was also about being able to run programs. And so what we did was we created a, an ecosystem. So we have our own blockchain uh, and every application has its own blockchain on our platform, we call it Fiber. So instead of having all the data on one blockchain, we have a million blockchains or an infinite number of blockchains in parallel. And and another thing is with uh, smart contracts, people are like, oh my God, smart contracts, smart contracts. Smart contracts are, were nice last year, but they're actually too weak to write real programs in. So we did another thing, which is called CX. And this is one of the things I'm most excited about. We have our, our textbook out now for the CX programming. And uh, we can now write any program. We can write a program on a computer and any program that we can execute on a computer, we can now execute on blockchain. And that includes ERP systems, SQL systems, video encoders, chat apps, Twitter clones, web, you know, web servers running off blockchain uh, database backends. And so we, we built, and another thing we did is um, a new consensus algorithm. So if you're, a, if you're going to do a transaction with a blockchain, you don't want to wait 30 minutes for each transaction. You want to have half a second transaction. So I want to be able to walk into a coffee shop, buy a coffee in a third of a second, have the payment clear and walk out of the coffee shop. Bitcoin was 20 minutes and Ethereum got it down to 30 seconds, but by doing that, they compromised their security. So we spent actually four years developing a new uh, consensus algorithm called Obelisk. And this was actually developed by Chen and Chen was the first developer on Ethereum. He wrote Pi Ethereum. Then he left Ethereum to work on Skycoin. He wrote our white paper for the consensus algorithm. Then he left and he did something, you know, he had his PhD to finish or something so um we we had um in our project skypoint isn't just one project it's really like eight or ten different groups that are each working on independent parts of blockchain infrastructure so we have one group just working on a programming language one group just working on consensus one group just working on our blockchain uh platform for people to, to write apps and deploy applications and so i think that when we're done with when we're done with this uh, which it looks like it's going to be this year there's going to be no reason for something like Ethereum or EOS or Cardano. People are going to stop paying attention to this or that, these tokens, and they're going to start asking, what does blockchain do for my company? What does it do for my life? How do I build a business around this? And they're not going to build their own platform from scratch just to run your business. Like if I, if I'm a, if I'm running a web shop and I'm selling, you know, or I'm running a, you know, a, a, a .com company and I have a customer database, I don't write my own SQL database to store my customer data. I'll go and look at what's available on the market and I'll choose the top two or three databases. I don't, I'm not going to hire 40 developers and spend $20 million to go develop, a, you know, my own database from scratch just so I can store orders for people buying t-shirts and hats or, you know, monthly subscriptions. So I think at the next stage of the blockchain, I think the first stage was Bitcoin. That was the first generation was just tokens, using blockchain to store money. The second generation was being able to run very basic programs on blockchain. So uh, you look at Cardano, 
EOS, uh, QDOM, Ethereum, um, and some experiments like IOTA about different ways that we could do blockchain and so on that, that, that aren't blockchain. And, uh, and most of those experiments, of course, failed. Uh, there were dead ends. And then I think the third generation of blockchain is what we're entering now and what Skycoin has been building for the past eight years, which was the vision that the blockchain was eventually going to be able to take over from the existing database technology, which is SQL. And in the third generation of blockchain, we're going to see, uh, I'm going to be able to build a Twitter app application on blockchain. I'm going to be able to, to put my tweets on the blockchain. I'm going to have a million blockchains in parallel. So it's not going to, so each user, each blockchain is only handling a few hundred or thousand users. If I need more storage space, I need more transactions per second, I just create more parallel blockchains. And we're going to have a scripting language, which for us is the CX. And this is exactly like Golang or C Sharp or Java. It's actually even simpler. A developer can pick up the language in four, four hours, learn the language, and start writing basic applications. So for me, what I want to do is I want to take YouTube and Twitter and and uh, Facebook and every and uh, Telegram especially, and I want to be able to start moving those applications onto blockchain. I think if you actually think, what is Twitter? What is Twitter? Twitter is just a database of your tweets, and there's no reason right now. I store my data with Twitter with a third party. Once I can store the data on uh, on the blockchain, there's no reason I can't store my own data. So people are getting really upset at these corporations and Google and Facebook, you know, controlling them and controlling their data. And I think that we're part of, Skycoin is part of a larger social movement where we're building physical infrastructure, hardware and software systems that are going to allow people to take back their data from these uh, corporations and for them to own the data themselves. So this year, the, the, uh, the most, it's not just killing Ethereum because Ethereum never got this far. Ethereum never got to the point where they were able to write Twitter on Ethereum. And if even if they managed to do that, people would still be paying two or three dollars a tweet because of the transaction costs. And I think that uh, I, I think we are going to kill Ethereum, but I think um, that killing them is not I think they didn't even go far enough to say that we you know we killed them because what we're doing is just so completely beyond what you can do with the second generation blockchain platform that to say that we're just replacing Ethereum doesn't really uh, tell people what it is that you're going to be able to do with these uh, with this next generation of blockchain applications. So that so I think it's an understatement. That that includes Ethereum 2.0 with its recent um, Vitalik's dancing with 2.0, yo. And you think Ethereum I can think, catch up? I think personally, the the people who started Ethereum, if they made a lot of money, billions of dollars. They cashed out. And they're basically asking themselves, what do I do with my $10 billion? You know, the guy who ran Ethereum isn't really, Vitalik's the figurehead, but the, the guy who is the power behind Ethereum is uh, the guy running Consensus. And he basically, he's cashing out, you know. They, uh, they went as far as they could. They did whatever they could. And they have to ask themselves, do I invest more in the next stage of the blockchain and gamble another, you know, $100 million a month? Or do I cash out and put it in stocks and bonds and farmland and whatever? And what I saw two years ago is they, they, they do have development going on. But all the people that were really the motive behind the project already got rich. They already cashed out. They already left like two years ago. And so a lot of these projects are like uh, – are like ghost ships you know you have a ship and it's floating there and it looks like it's moving but there's no one on the ship 
And uh, I per personally, as an insider in the industry, knowing, like, um, I'll give you an example. In my office, uh, we have Neo, and there were 60 people in this office. One day I came in, and all the desks were gone, all the computers were gone, and it was just like junk, like litter on the ground. And there were, there were 60 people there the day before. I come in the next day, and they're just poof, gone. And then the next day, the founders of Neo announced that they're moving to a new project or something. So I think a lot of the people that were in the second generation have already moved on from, um, so I don't think we're going to see a lot of, I don't, I, I don't see any project like Lisk, Arc, uh, Qdom, uh, Ethereum, Neo, Cardano, IOTA. I, a lot of the people last December just fired up all of their staff. They said blockchain's over. It was a good bubble. And they left, and they're not really investing too much in the ecosystem. But now that the Bitcoin's up at nine thousand, a lot of them, some of them might rush back into the market. But it's already too late. If you're going to develop something substantial, it's going to take three to five years of constant development work. If you just come into the market and start developing right when the Bitcoin price starts going up again, the, the market cycle is only going to last nine months, and you're not going to be able to finish anything substantial in those nine months before the market crashes again and we go back into a winter. So uh, the, one of the things I like about Skycorn is the way we did our budgeting is we, didn't, we were basically able to do continuous development for eight years without with the markets up, the market down. It never really slowed us down. It never really stopped us. We always kept a very low burn rate. We didn't bloat during the, the bubble times. We saved enough money for the crisis and we just focused on mostly the technicals and not so much the marketing. But, but I think that also screwed us because I think that the, the market is mostly based upon hype and it's based upon speculation and, 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 and to a certain extent greed. People are looking for the next coin that's going to go up 500 acts and that's going to make, you know, get them a house and a Lambo and they want to, you know, and I, and I saw people that became immensely wealthy overnight. So, and I think the market was, is mostly driven by greed. I don't think it's, I think that, the technical fundamentals don't matter until very late in the game. It's towards the end of the market when the market consolidates into two or three companies. That's when the technical fundamentals are going to matter. But during the market cycle, when everything's running up, it doesn't matter at all. You raise a really good point about the long-term development. So what really excited me about Skycoin is the sheer duration and number of developers you've had in this. So as you mentioned, uh, you've been in this game for nearly a decade now. And you've got all these key developers who are doing all these different parts of the Skycoin project. Now, if Skycoin is as successful as it aims to be, how could, if at all possible, could Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter catch up with the work that you've already done? So if you look at Google, if you look at, uh, let's have a look at Twitter. Twitter, what is Twitter? It's just the database of your tweets. So I, I, Twitter is just the web API. So I go on Twitter, I, I click twitter.com and I, and there's a, actually a JSON API that gives me the list of your last 10 tweets or, or page one of your tweets or page two of your tweets or uh, the list of your subscribers. And Twitter as an application is actually only four or five JSON APIs. And what we're going to start doing with Skycoin is uh, start putting those APIs on blockchain. So we're going to have a CX program. We're going to store the data for the tweets on the blockchain. And when you do a web API request, you just look for someone who has a full copy of the, first you look up the user ID in a key value store. Then you figure out which blockchain they're storing their data on. You, you find a list of users who have that blockchain, a full copy, and then you execute 
the API query against one of those full clients. So I have a thin client. I don't have a copy of the blockchain and I don't need it because I can look up someone who has it and do a query against them. them. So now I can start using blockchain as a, as a thin API, just like in Twitter. I don't have a copy of all the data on Twitter. I just go to twitter.com and I ask their API, give me the last 10 tweets for this person. And their data API returns the data my application needs to render the interface for the user. So in this new model, companies like Twitter, who's uh, Twitter, face, uh, Twitter, Google, and so on, Telegram, their model is based upon controlling the user's data. We're forced to use Twitter right now because they store the data, they control the data. Once we are able to migrate the data um, onto a blockchain, the data can now be controlled by the user. The, the, the user no longer needs um, infrastructure, like a, a, ser a centralized service like Twitter to store their data. It's now federated and they can run their own blockchain and they can even pay someone else to host a copy of the blockchain and they have, and they can, um, so, so this is a completely new way of envisioning how the internet is going to function. And these companies like, uh, like Google, Google controls YouTube because um, they control the database of the videos. So you can say, why can't I take my videos on YouTube and you know, move them onto my own computer or my own platform? Why can't I host my own videos? Why can't I do this? Why, why can't I put my ads on my videos hosted on my computer? Why do I have to use Google to do, do this for me? And so we saw some things like that with Vimeo where they're gonna partner with artists and start moving content from the artists onto this platform and allow them to monetize it. And, uh, and overall, what we saw is centralization and then beginning of federalization, and then we're heading towards decentralization in, in the digital media space. Because what happened was basically Google was, uh, everyone has to go through Google and at the beginning, Google let you make a lot of money you had to, uh, you would have a YouTube channel and you could make $900,000 a year or $500,000 a year. And I was living in Los Angeles when the, the boom of YouTube was occurring. So you had all these people and their only job was posting videos and creating content on YouTube. But what is Google? Google's a corporation and corporations have to make money. So over time, they started to figure, okay, we're paying these guys half a million a year. Maybe they can survive on 100,000 a year. And then they said, oh, we're paying them 100,000 a year. They could still eat uh, on half of, that, you know, of this. And then Google started to say, hmm, we're paying them 60K, 50K a year. Um, I think we don't need as many of them. I think we only need a 300 content producers and instead of 300,000. Why are we? And Google started to take a larger and larger cut of the advertising revenue because Google controlled the videos, controlled the distribution, controlled the channels, controlled who saw what video. So over time, Google just ratcheted Google's never going to say, let's make more money. Let's make less money this year. Mm. They have to show an increasing return every year for the shareholder. And that meant squeezing the content creators. Now even Google will say, we're going to have sponsored content creators where Google pays the content creator to produce the video and then promotes them themselves. And the, and the content creator is just an employee of Google. You see? So now we have a revolt against that and people moving to Patreon and, and content producers saying, how do I not get screwed? How do I control my audience? How do I host my own videos? How do I build up my own subscription base that's independent of these companies? And so what we're doing is we're building the base level, the, the base infrastructure at the software level that's going to enable these next generation media platforms that are going to inevitably emerge after Google because of these economic reasons. Yeah, it's, um, it makes perfect sense why they have you know, from a pure shareholder perspective, why they have reduced the amount of money that they're giving to those who make the content. But what, what throws me off is if you look at, say, 
uh, BitChute, DTube, and even Steemit, let's say, mm-hmm. even when these uh, decentralized models that can, because I actually made a video platform in the background for fun, a video hosting. Mm-hmm. And what I found was the big cost was storing it, you know, and not only storing yeah. all this data, but then when people go to watch your videos, streaming it out of what you've stored or pulling it out of there also costs a lot. So correct me if I'm long, wrong, but the, the blockchain and what you're doing will enable to enable you to, first of all, store it cheaper, store more of it, yes. more secure, faster. But most importantly, is it fair to say that what Skycoin will do is take away the power from a centralized corporation that says, we're going to control the search algorithms this way and you're not going to be able to move your videos as you may want to. And more importantly, uh, Skycoin is going to give these people more money and more freedom to their data. Is that, am I picking that up? Yes. So actually, and right now, if you have a video hosting website and someone looks at your video, you pay for it with this is the, the sky miner. So we have eight computers in here. And we have a networking protocol called Skywire. And if you have, the, uh, if someone hosts a copy of your video and a user requests the video, the person who hosted the video gets paid for the bandwidth in this parallel currency called Coin Hours. So now you you publish the video and you you can host the video yourself if you want to. But if someone else hosts it and someone makes a request for it, that the person who gave the who uh, enabled the request is getting paid for the bandwidth. So, and a user might only make $10 a month, $20 a month, $40 a month per node that he's running. He might not, um, but it's free money. So he just sleeps, he turns, he goes to sleep and he wakes up and he says, I got free money. So the users are are really, are really happy because they just plug this thing in and they're getting money while they sleep. So we, we don't have to pay them like, Oh, why am I going to run this computer if I'm not getting paid $150,000 a year? You know, it's not like a, content distribution network trying to, you know, whip you with a rubber hose and try to, you know, turn you upside down and shake all the money out of your pockets. Because these are people who just have an internet connection. They just plug in a device that costs a dollar a month electricity. And if they make 20 or $30 a month in, in mining rewards, they're happy. So we, you know, they're like, oh, give me another 200 miners. That, that's what they say. So um, I think the cost is going to be basically zero for, and, and that's eventually what we're doing. And there's other things we found with blockchain also. Like I found that since we have an individual blockchain for every blockchain application, pretend I'm streaming a sporting event. Every second, I can just put one second of the video feed or 30 frames in every block and publish one block a second. And everyone subscribed to that uh, sporting event or that video feed can now replicate the data peer to peer just like BitTorrent, but I can do it in real time. So I can actually have one blockchain just for one video that's streaming block by block by block. And also for security cameras and things like that. Um, and, uh, and then we eventually had like mil- even military people who want to do it for drones and replicating satellite footage and video and things like that. So this technology is really, is really a revolution. And we're still trying to figure out, we built the base layer, we built the software layer. Then we're trying to figure out what the next layer, layer is going to be, which is going to be like the video streaming. And then once we have a video streaming library, we're going to see whole companies just built on top of that video streaming service, uh, that video, that capacity that we're offering them. So Skycoin is really the base of the pyramid. And then we have libraries built on our base infrastructure. Then we have applications and we're going to have whole companies in our ecosystem and other coins that are even doing ICOs 
we've had uh, dozens of coins. I, it's over 60 now. It might be 100, over 120 coins that have done ICOs on us or that are using our blockchain platform. And, um, and I, I think that's going to increase uh, 10 or 20x in the next year. I don't think, uh, I don't see it stopping. It's just going faster and faster and faster every year now. It's, it's what crazy. really inspired me about um, one of your videos recently and I'm pretty confident to say that I think I've seen all of them because I, I just, I'm so excited <laughs> about this project is that uh, you gave an example of if I'm doing surgery robotically from, let's say, I don't know, mm -hmm. anywhere to anywhere, America to India, for example, uh, the great analogy you gave that is if, if you and I are watching a YouTube video or a Netflix video and, and there's a delay in the stream, then, you know, so what? It's a bit of a glitch. But yeah. when you're doing open heart surgery through a robot, and there's a bit of a glitch in the system. That is literally the difference between life and death. And that also can um, goes forward, as you just touched on there, with military drones and, and other technology. On that, have you had any reach into the medical or military systems, right? not going into any classified stuff? 